Hey, BSB OT is some number. We're here, me and Greg, back with uh, our good friend Dom Lucician from The Athletic. He's a staff writer and projection guru. And I think I said your name right. Did I do it? You crushed it. Thank oh, my you. God. That's, uh, that's the best I've ever had, I think. I, I have to tell you, I did my research. There's a video <laughs> online. of The YouTube video? Yes. It's got 2,000 views. <laughs> it's of you saying your name. And I was like, I'm going to get this right. My my best friend's friend from like back home whips that up. Uh, I guess she knew that would be a, a problem for me one day, and she's been a massive help in that regard. If you Google your name, it's the first video that shows up. Really? Yes. That is amazing. Um. Anyway, not anything else I've done, eh? Just <laughs> <that>. <laughs> None of the stats. Um. So I'm here with my friend Gregory, who's been recruiting you to come on the podcast. Gregory, say hello. Uh, good, good evening. Gentlemen. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Very formal. we, uh, you sparked an outrage. Uh, how do I put this? Uh, <laughs> um, between Ranger fans and, uh, mostly Ranger fans by themselves where you said, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs seem to be a pretty good team. I would take them over the next three, four or five years over the New York Rangers. And while I agree with you, um, I would like to hear some well, logic as, as to why. Well, I think I, before before we ask that of Dom specifically, I think we need to we need to address the elephant in, in the room, which is what led to that tweet in the first place. It yeah. was the it was the tweet about Artemi Panarin choosing the wrong New oh, York team. Oh yeah, good team. point. I think that's where this needs to start. So yeah, I I was gonna say that I was gonna say it started uh, a lot before that. Um, I I did not at all expect the tweet to blow up the way it did and get the pushback, but I definitely understand. My original tweet was mostly in jest because the Islanders made the conference finals. And I mean, I'm from Toronto. I could say the same thing about Tavares uh, making the wrong choice between the team that drafted him and the, and the his hometown team. So it was uh, it was mostly a joke. And I think we can all agree that the Rangers probably have a brighter future than the Islanders, mostly because the Islanders don't have the youngest of players. Uh, they don't have a lot of elite talent to begin with. And as great as they're playing right now, I'm not sure they'll continue being an elite team going forward, whereas the Rangers have a really nice base. So when I tweeted it, I wasn't even thinking about the future, I was thinking Artemi Panarin is 27, 28, and he could have been in the conference finals. And I think the Islanders, if they had Panarin, would be a crazy good team. So that's, that's where my logic was coming from. And uh, I probably worded it in the worst way possible. <laughs> well, it, it is, I mean, the heart of your tweet, I as much as every Ranger fan would love to put blinders on and the, there's never a problem with the New York Rangers. It's not a hot take to say the New York Islanders are better than the New York Rangers right now. I mean, it's yeah. one, it's clear as day. One of them is still playing hockey. The other didn't win a single game in the bubble. Uh, but it let, let's say for a second that Panarin did choose the Islanders. How quickly would Matt Barzal not be a New York Islander next year? Because they'd have even less cap space than they do now. Sure, they wouldn't have J.G. Pajot's extension, we would think because they wouldn't have had the money for that. But can you imagine a situation where the Islanders signed Panarin and then all of a sudden they have this Barzal question and hell no would they be able to keep both those guys with Anders Lee, Josh Bailey, Anthony Beauvillier, 
Brock Nelson, all these ridiculous contracts they've handed out. It's not just Barzell either. Uh, Ryan Pulak is an RFA this uh, offseason as well. So is Devin Tate. So it's going to be tight. Uh, I think if they did sign Panarin, I don't think they would have signed Lee, just based on the fact they both play left wing and Lee signed for a big money deal. But I think someone mentioned that Lee's deal was contingent on Panarin. He might have taken less or something. I'm not sure, but I feel like they would have found a, a way to make it work where Barzell would still be in their plans, obviously, because he is their future. It would have been an interesting team to, to watch. Obviously, that's not what happened. But aren't you like an analytics guy? Aren't tell, tell me what's happening with the Islanders that's like, is there anything positive analytically that's showing that they're playing well? Because I feel like that's not the case, and they've been kind of um, begrudgingly going against the analytics community and still winning. So usually that's the case with the Islanders. That was the case last year where they had really good goaltending and every Islanders fan on the face of the earth said, it's our system. We are good defensively. Expected goals can't handle us. And I'm sure they had a point. I feel like the private models like the Islanders a lot more. But at the same time, during this season, after that winning streak, they were a very average team. And there are a lot of Islanders fans that said, well, we didn't have Pellet, we didn't have Sudeikis, and I don't think those guys are enough to lose 11 of your last 13 going into the pandemic pause. So there was a lot of reason to think the Islanders couldn't do this. And the big thing with this postseason is that they are not playing like they did last year where they're getting lucky, they're getting good goaltending. They are thoroughly dominating teams. They're getting before yesterday's shellacking they were getting like 57 percent of the xg against decent flyers and capital teams so there was a lot more to like about the islanders and if they always played like this they'd be analytic darlings people with models would say this islanders team is underrated but they they don't play like that they're usually around 50 percent. that's where the the hang-up usually is and the thing with regression is that a lot of us know that if a team has a high shooting percentage and a high save percentage, that, that those numbers tend to regress. But it's the same with expected goals numbers, where if a team doesn't usually drive play and they're suddenly at like 55% over a 15-game stretch, it's safe to say that they might go back to their own baseline in that regard as well. And I think that might be what we see with the Islanders in this series. It's definitely um, a situation where I, I think after last night's shellacking, like you mentioned, I wonder if this that, that tune sort of changes in the coming weeks, where it's like our our relentless defense, our system that everyone brags about, um, has just been destroyed by a team without Stamkos, an analytics. Well, I wonder, team. Ryan. I wonder though, and and Dom, I want, I'm curious your opinion here. I wonder w- with how bad the Islanders were, the the, the brakes were just beaten off them last night. Absolutely. How much of the conversation should we expect it to be? Jesus, this Lightning team is for real. And how much of the conversation should it be, all right, the Islanders are regressing a little bit towards the mean here? I think it's a a little bit of both. I think the Islanders had great numbers, but they also had the benefit of playing probably the worst team that qualified in the East, which is Florida. They played the worst top four team, which was Washington. And then they played the next worst top four team, which is Philadelphia, on their way here. There were those rumors that Washington was treating this as a vacation. So 
I think we can take that first round series a bit more lightly based on that information. And the Flyers, they just looked awful against Montreal. So there's an element to that, whereas the Lightning dominated Boston. I think them playing better against the Islanders shouldn't come as a huge surprise. And I think a lot of us think they're probably the best, deepest team in the league. And we're just seeing that now come to fruition against an Islanders team that has a great system, but the system doesn't work that great once you get punched in the face. Turns out they got punched in the face. So we'll we'll see how that series plays out. I know that you're sort of a a Braden Point fanboy. Is that fair? That that is very fair. Uh, Traded for him in my fantasy keeper league. I've never let him know. I I saw you ask, is he a top 10 player in the NHL right now? Do you really believe that? I I do. Uh, My model before these playoffs had him ranked 11th or 12th. And I think with just how amazing he's been these playoffs, it's enough to nudge him ahead. Um, I looked at uh, game score value, which is, I guess, my model uh, for Joe Smith, who writes for the Lightning for us. And over the last two years, he ranks ninth in the league uh, by evolving hockey's war. Braden Point actually ranks first. And it's just the matter of combining his production with how good of a play driver he is. He... He's certainly up there. Those crazy twins. Luke hates us, by the way, in case you were wondering. One of the twins. <laughs> no, he doesn't actually. He just never comes to the show. We always get his brother. Um, uh, I, I, anytime I uh, mention them, I always make fun of one of them, but not the other. I say one of the favorite. <laughs> I forget which my favorite is. Just say- <laughs> go, yeah, go with Luke right now, because Luke's definitely our enemy. Um, I guess my, my follow-up question to that is how many of those players in your top 10 are Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, just one. That would be Austin Matthews. Okay. And is, our, is Artemi Panarin in your top 10 or no? Hell yeah. Okay. That's my guy. All right. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, just, it's just funny going – you love Artemi Panarin so much that that's why you would want him on this Islanders team because it would make the Islanders better. Like, Absolutely. So I'm trying – I'm trying to get you off the hook here with Ranger fans. I'm trying to make this sound like you're so in the bag on Artemi Panarin that it wasn't you trashing the Rangers in any way, shape, or form. It was just you pumping up the kid Artemi Panarin. Is Artemi Panarin your heart trophy winner this year? I'm assuming yes. Um, I don't I don't allowed to say okay. who I vote. Oh, oh, did you have a vote? I did have a vote, yeah. Nice oh, job. damn. Hey man, I didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't realize. Well, I'm happy you didn't vote for Leon Dreisaitl. I'll just put those <laughs> words out there right now. I uh, did not. Dreisaitl, don't worry. Uh, our Tony Panarin was definitely in consideration. We'll we'll say that. That's um, fair. Oh, Dom, I think I cut you off. Sorry. No, it's it's fine. I was uh I was done with my my thought, but he's he's on my ballot. Rest assured. Awesome. So I guess let's get to the heart of the conversation, shall we? I have uh, the, the salaries and multi-year uh, summaries for both the New York Rangers and Toronto Maple Leafs in front of me. Uh, you posted, like, you know, I would take the bet from anybody who would have the more points over the next couple of years. I really am looking for, like, a way I believe the Rangers could do it. But I the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, like, when you look at the top-line talent of just, like, Matthews, Tavares, Marner, and Nylander, it's like, okay, how are you going to outpoint that that team in the regular season over even a three-year period? I, I don't think the Rangers are going to be like this tremendous great team for another two, three years, and only if everyone hits their top projection. 
Like, I know we we briefly spoke about it through DMs and through replies. Like, prospects have to work out. Like, that's how it has to happen. Um, where do you see this Ranger team comparatively to the rest of the league in the next couple of years? Uh, I think the good part is that they have a lot of elite talent. And that's usually the hardest thing to find. Artemi Panarin was even better than expected. Zabinijad took a gigantic step. I consider him an elite center now. Uh, Adam Fox, I think, can get there. And then they have uh, Shesterkin as well in that, which is as solid as it gets. That's a great core. I think the issue with the Rangers will be whether the prospects live up to their expectations enough to fill out the massive depth problems that the team has. I think that's my biggest concern. And I I actually bet on the Rangers against the Hurricanes, which was sorry. a mistake. Yeah, sorry. It was uh, mostly because my model actually does like the Rangers. I think earlier in the season, they had a lot of expected goals issues. They were getting rinsed on a nightly basis, but they have get the talent to outscore those problems and my model does recognize that and thinks they're a better team than their expected goals rate suggests just right now they have some holes on the defense and some holes in their bottom six that make me cautious because finding that supporting cast is can be difficult right so this bet basically comes down to the rangers all of a sudden having a left-handed side of defense that is NHL quality. Like right now, it's just Ryan Lindgren. And as much as Ryan and I enjoy Ryan Lindgren, I don't think either one of us would say he's a surefire top four defenseman. Um, He plays well with Adam Fox, which makes us feel a certain way with him, but we still understand what his floor and what his ceiling is. And it's a question of if Philip Heedle grows into becoming a a second-line center, which I think we believe in, will the Rangers ever find anyone to play the center position outside of their top two lines? So th- this bet basically comes down to, can the Rangers find four players that play critical roles for a team and do it on the cheap? So I guess that's a good question. I don't know. From where I sit here now, I don't know how the Rangers would do it. I think I it's just your your Twitter, the the Twitter storm it created was really funny to me because Logically speaking, both things you said are true. And I know it, it it hurts all of us to say that, right? The Toronto Maple Leafs right now are better than the New York Rangers. They're going to be better than the New York Rangers probably for the next two years. And if the New York Islanders had Artemi Panarin, Artemi Panarin would still be playing hockey right now, which the Rangers are not. Both those things are true. But at the same time, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> Great follow-up there, Greg. Good question. Dom, your resort? Um, I, I'm just responding to, to fans. With like that initial, I think the Leafs have a brighter future comment was the reply. And I didn't think a lot of people would see it. And uh, here we are. I think, I think it's commendable how much winger depth the Rangers have, but the issues down the middle are severe. And... They're even bigger if Ryan Strom is not a magical unicorn next year like he was this year. Yeah, well, we were kind of hoping he stays magic unicorn because I do think he'll be on the team one more year. 
Um, and maybe mm-hmm. that ups his trade value uh, after they got him for what I believe to be one Ryan Spooner, um, which, yeah. I, which great trade, to be honest. Yeah, wonderful. Um, so you don't see that you don't see Lafreniere and Kako taking these maybe steps forward that the, that could really uh, push this team to the next level. Then, or you're just kind of you're. What's your view on prospects? Because I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. Because everyone thinks prospects live up to their max potential, like Keandre Miller, Niels Lundqvist, and those two, two prospects I just mentioned. Everyone thinks they're going to hit their max rep development, like in NHL 21 or something like that. But that what is? How do you view prospects on your models and such like that? Uh- for the most part, I don't care about them at all until they're in the NHL. Um, that's Corey Pronman's job. That's Scott Wheeler's job. I, I don't know much about prospects. I'll read their rankings, so I'll have a general idea of where teams stack up and who has good prospect pools. But usually I just I don't care. And especially for an activity like this, I'll keep that prospect pool ranking in mind. But... I care a lot more about what is tangible right now because there's so many times where Prospect has looked unreal and he just doesn't turn into anything. I mean, I followed the Leafs when they drafted Luke Shen fifth overall. I was expecting a rock on the blue line for the next decade, and he was not that. So the hype is sometimes just overblown, and I think a lot of people, when they look at their Prospect pool, they picture the very best of what it could be. And it's usually closer to the middle expectation on average. Uh, The exception to the rule will be players who are drafted first overall, like Lafreniere, who can make an immediate impact right away. And Shana Goldman wrote a great story of what to expect from Lafreniere uh, in his first season. And over the, and for first overall picks over the last decade or so, their first season, they usually bring in around like 1.72 wins. So that's a real tangible impact. I think it would be enough for the Rangers to probably make the playoffs next year, not like as a top 16 rather than a, a gift as the 21st ranked team, whatever they were. So I think adding Lafreniere is a good thing, obviously. I think Kako hopefully can't be as bad as he was this year. Same. And I hope so. Should, that should offset some of the regression some other players might have, and I think they'll be a good team, but I think the Rangers this year, they played probably as good as anyone expected, while the Leafs played as bad as anyone expected. I think there's a lot of variance from year to year with those numbers, where a team with as much talent as Toronto has will probably be a lot better than they were this year, whereas the Rangers might regress a little. That's, That's also something that's on my mind. Well, let me let me float float this unanswerable question for you because nice. uh, we we all understand. I if Al, if Alexi Lafreniere was a center, how confident would you be in this bet that you were making? I'd be a lot less confident for sure uh, because then he can play with Panarin, and I think everyone in the world would want to see that. Um, honestly, I'm of the mind that why not just put a winger at center? I think faceoffs aren't that important. Um, you get Lafreniere playing with Panarin, I think that would be pretty awesome. But, I mean, putting him next to Zibanejad might not be bad either. So, I think it's a win-win with uh, with what they have already, I think. Positionally, it's obviously a problem for the Rangers, but you'll take the best player available regardless. Yeah, they're probably going to take number one overall pick. They won't be trading in case anyone's wondering, um, even, yeah. even though we get those questions all the time. Uh 
I guess my my one of my last questions for you, Dom, is how do you see the rest of this playoffs playing out? I know your your models you release daily on the Athletic, or you I know during the season you release them daily, but I'm not sure it's every day now. Um, a playoff prediction kind of has the Lightning just going and taking it all at this point. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. They they seem unstoppable, and right now uh, they have a fifty percent chance of winning it all, and the other three teams are fighting for the remaining fifty. Yeah, that seems quite good. Well, how does your model like deal with Vegas? Because Vegas seems like such a powerhouse on some nights, like even, and then they still lose even when they're like analytically by far the best team. I I use both expected goals and actual goals for my model, and I weight them appropriately. So if a player is on a heater based on his goal score rate, it won't be that big of a deal, but you need that number to account for players like McDavid, like Panarin, where their goal numbers are so much better than their XG numbers that it would be a disservice to not focus on that. And with Vegas, they're probably not as good as their XG rates because they don't have elite finishing talent. But so because of that, my model rates them a little lower than I guess some might expect. I think they were the they were the favorites to win after the second round, and I had them second behind Tampa Bay just because Tampa Bay has that finishing talent. I think for analytics, you need to consider both. You can't ignore the goals that actually happen, and that's how you get a lot of analysts who miss that the Rangers might not be as bad as they look to start the year. Okay, we'll get right back to Dom, but let's take a quick break. Now is the time to celebrate. That's right, football is here. To kick off football's 101st season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all users a no-brainer to start the season. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Well, week one, DraftKings is is ensuring you that if the Kansas City Chiefs were to lose in a historic fashion, you would still cash out your bet. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to the Kansas City to plus 101 for all users. So, even if Kansas City loses by 100 points, you still win big at DraftKings Sportsbook. There, that is, my friends, is a no-brainer. Plus, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes up to all users who enter their free football survivor pool. And all you have to do is sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you instantly get to share up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code QUICK to take advantage of this no-brainer offer. That's promo code QUICK to get on all the action for a limited time at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey only. Eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And Blue Shirts Breakaway is also brought to you by Manscaped. They have you covered, keep your hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts for your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both super practical, and by the way, they smell great too. Plus, for a limited time... When you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and Manscaped Anti-Shaping Boxer Briefs. The Manscaped Anti-Shaping Cooling Boxer Briefs might be one of my favorite parts of the collection. Keep them cool, boys. The Manscaped Boxer Briefs are optimal temperature control for the crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. 
So, really easy to get started on this. Get 20% off of free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20, THEATHLETIC20. From moose to the caboose, always use the right tools for the job, Manscaped. Uh, Speaking of analysts, by the way, do you feel threatened? Do you feel um, wronged every time Pierre Maguire opens his mouth? I don't care at all whenever he opens. <laughs> what what will it will it break your mind if he gets the Arizona Coyotes general manager position? I it wouldn't break my mind. I think anything that happens uh when it comes to GM hires is fair game. It's to be expected and if he gets a job, I I think my job gets a lot easier because there'll be a lot of a uh, lot of content to go along with it. Greg, you just set me up so nicely, and this is why we make a great pair sometimes. Um, oh my we, god! We spoke about this stat with the one of the evolving wild twins, definitely not Luke. And <laughs> um, one of the stats I asked for was like, "Do you guys have any stats that show me how mm, incompetent certain GMs are? Are there any stats you're working on that could fulfill that void where I could look and say?" Hey, who are the GMs that my GM should be calling every single day in the league? Do are you asking if I have that? Y- yes. I'm asking if you um, have that. I I mean I could use my model to see like which GMs have like won trades and whatnot and signings, but I haven't used it for that power just yet. Um I think uh, Peter Flynn, I think he writes for Wing in Motown, or at least he used to, I'm not totally sure, but he presented at a conference once looking at uh, GMs using Evolving Hockey's War and how they fared uh, in free agency. And I'm not 100% sure which GMs came out on top or bottom, but the, the process is there and it is possible. Uh, Dom, for you, if you do come up with this metric, I know um, Evolving Wild a lot of their statistical analysis comes from a deep baseball background, which is how we ended up with, you know, wins above replacement instead of calling it whatever the NBA calls it, which I'm forgetting at this moment. If you come up with a, if you come up with a stat that weighs the competency level of general managers in the NHL, can you just name it WRC plus for uh weighted Rutherford competency plus? Oh my God. <laughs> can i just i just need that i just for me i just need an agreement on that one you you can take all the revenue from it i just wanted you just have to say oh the blue shirts breakaway guys came up with this name and it fit um i will definitely consider it it'll be it'll be up there in the names i consider but i'm uh i'm not sure if i will use a general manager's name for Mm -hmm. the stat Mm. so you're all you're also not going to just figure out how to call it Talon or Torelli like T-A-L-N yeah and just have the T-A-L-N mean something else well Talon's no longer a GM and I assume he never will be so he's fair game uh I don't know Torelli's getting names <laughs> dropped left and right too let's 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 it, once once you're in you're in so uh, it, it's apparently I I cannot believe Torelli's name is still out there my favorite part about it, my favorite part about it is every time it's reported, it's like the league office is recommending that le- the team hires or interviews Chirelli. It's like, who gives a shit what the league wants? What are you doing? 
if Rob Manfred went to the Mets and said, hey, man, you guys got to consider Scott Boris, doesn't mean the Mets should do it. Why Why does the NHL – why does the NHL HQ, why does Gary Bettman get a say in every team's general manager hiring? This is why we'll never see offer sheets. It drives me insane. So here's, here's the idea for Shirelli from the league perspective. The league is definitely a lot more entertaining with him as general manager. That's a fact. He's not afraid to trade good players. I see their, their perspective there. He's, he's, he's not afraid to trade good players for bad players. Mm-hmm. That it's fair, and uh, that's where the entertainingness comes from. I'm excited for the Torelli stat, Dom. You've been so gracious with your time, and I really appreciate it. I know your oven's about heated to cook your dinner. Um, why don't you tell everybody what you have coming out this week? Uh, well, I, I just want you to know that my oven just finished preheating. Let's just go! Now. <laughs> Perfect timing. Time. Uh, it took the entire podcast to get there. Um, this week, um, right now, I'm currently looking. Uh, how past cup winners, have, like how their players have played during the playoffs. I've always looked at like what a what projected talent they need to get there, but I've never looked at how they actually perform in the playoffs. So I wanted to explore that and what the difference is, like what the average first line center is projected to do during the playoffs and what he actually does. Interesting. So I should have that sometime this week, but. Other than that, I, uh, I'll probably just be chilling because I rode a lot during the weekend. Awesome, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, Leafs fans out there, happy to know that they're, you're on their side. And Ranger fans, don't kill Dom. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> we'll be back next week uh, with our flagship show. Dom, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. No problem.